Hi, I'm Jess Porter. Welcome to The List. I am speaking today with my friend Carlo Petrini, whom I've known for like eight or nine years now. Um, Hi, Carlo. Welcome to the podcast. Jessica, thank you for having me. It is an absolute pleasure. You know, we've known each other for a while, like around like we're both into the healing arts and we have friends in common and and our paths have like crossed several times in different ways. And now, weirdly, we're living in the same house temporarily. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like in between right? places and you're crashing with me. Absolutely. So, and like strategically placed so we're not talking over each other right now. <laughs> right. Remind me, I know you're from California, but where? Marin County. Oh, San wow. Selmo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets gets a little rap, you know. There's there's some there's some good whole slew of judgment going on about Marin County people. Yeah, it's it's. I'm very blessed to have come from there. I mean, I think of Marin as like one of the grooviest and now like richest places in the country. But it's incredibly like progressive. I mean, California in general is pretty progressive, but like Northern California is sort of, I think, different than the rest of the country. So when you say you're blessed to be from there, what do you mean? Well, just the nature. First off, just the nature. It's like if you take the Santa Monica Mountains, which are pretty darn impressive, Malibu, uh, you know, closer to Santa Monica, Palisades, all that, and you put, like, Mother Earth miracle grow and had like giant redwood trees and like orchid flowers mm. and big waterfalls and lakes mm. and moisture mm. and and you know it's like i hate to say it it's like the mountains are there's not much comparison in a certain way so mm-hmm. there's that and then you know the hippies live there so most of our a good portion of our parents were uh either hippies um, retired hippies or still hippies, and you know, they have the whole <laughs> they have the whole um, what do you call it uh, you know the history of all that and you know some pretty foundational stuff for the world and and um, America in particular you know and that hippie stuff really broke you know open opened us up and built a lot of compassion and uh my generation, and um, even though we did think we were too cool for school, we we still had a certain level of openness and, I guess, inclusiveness, you know? Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, the music, we, you know, all our parents were listening to all different types of music, and, you know, just the, the culture from the Bay, Oakland, San Francisco, Berkeley, it all, it all seeped in, and we just ate it up like sponges, a lot of us, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I resonate in a lot of ways with like what we would call sort of hippie culture because I got into health food in my early 20s and you know was eating brown rice and tofu and beans and vegetables and like more than that just being a choice or a fad you know it really connected me with nature and really connected me with a Mm. lot of the stuff that the hippies were thinking 
And mm-hmm. so it was like I was eating like a hippie. I grew up in a city eating junk food, but then I started eating like a hippie and sort of thinking more like a hippie. I mean, I, I know that's kind of a weird thing to say, but thinking, I mean, it's one of the reasons I moved to California is that I just like resonated more with, uh, you know, the kind of thoughts that come out of a health food person. But I now feel like the world has changed in our lifetime. Like it's gone so fast that the hippie way of thinking and being, even though it's eternal because a lot of it is connected to nature, like you can't argue Mm -hmm. with some of it because it's just organic, but still it feels like five generations ago. I mean, it feels like the world is just, we're on another fucking planet. (laughs) Like, do you feel that way sometimes? Yeah, no, this is this. What's going on is like out of control, and it's and yeah, you you know, actually, you know, you're right. I literally to do what I need to do, I got to be on that stupid <laughs> phone like every like three. I don't have to be, but you know, as an entrepreneur, it's like every few minutes, boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ding, ding, ding. This app, you know, that install, dude, dude. Right. You know, it's just like an endless. Right. You know, so yeah, it's it's definitely. Um, kind of an afterthought for sure. I saw you doing Qigong today and I took like a year of Tai Chi in my 20s and I kind of didn't get it. I mean, like I learned the form or, you know, the very simple first part of the form, but I didn't, I did a lot of really like wise shit when I was in my 20s before mm-hmm. I really appreciated what it was for, before mm-hmm. I could really feel, because I had so much constitutional energy still pumping through me that I couldn't discern if something I was doing was increasing my energy. You know, I, would, I just had right. a lot of energy anyway. So I wasn't right. that sensitive to what it did. But I've gotten more and more curious about Qigong as, somebody who's like everyone else in the world getting older and you sit there and think like, mm, I have a gas tank of energy in me and I want to preserve it and stretch it out and use it as carefully as possible. What do you feel like yeah. it does for you? Well, you seem educated already because um, you tapped right into more or less the essence of the Taoist art you know, um, the Taoists were kind of the, the ones that originally formed Chinese medicine. Whoa. Whoa. Some coyotes. Those are coyotes. Yeah. What's up? I think they're feeling the whole oh, vibe. <laughs> well, I've never heard them that loud before. Yeah. All right. Why are they going nuts? Uh-oh. Do we know? Well, coyotes are so weird that they're probably just having fun and laughing, but it sounds like someone's getting slaughtered. <laughs> Let me shine the light on these guys. Yeah. This is good. This is good, huh? You want me to go in, or are you feeling this whole thing? No, it's fine. Just, oh, they just stopped. Well, could I put the light? Oh, there they are. They were running off. Oh, did you trip. see them? They're way off on the They were really close. Wow. That's a trip. 
Well, I tell you, I've lived here now for like seven months, and I've never heard them that loud. I mean, the truth is I have been woken up in the middle of the night by the coyotes, but that was incredible what we just heard. Well, let's do the list. I think it's going to do a great list. Okay, I will start. I'm going to start with the coyotes, man. It's really hard not to. That was that was incredible. And but I'm going to bounce off of that to say the coyotes are representative of something that I've been noticing lately. And this is going to sound weird. I mean, not to you, but maybe to people listening. Like this house that I moved into, there was a certain moment where I realized that the house itself is a healing. And by healing, what I mean is like balancing mechanism, something that brings good energy, something that nourishes. And, and it's so ensconced in nature. Like you hear birds all day. The coyotes just slipped out right behind you. <laughs> Um, you know, they were, like, right there. Um, there's a rabbit that, like, eats, you know, the little carrots that I'm trying to grow. There's squirrels all around. Like, to be in this house and to have it be my home, so I get to be in the center of all those good elements, is a healing. Like, I could not, I've, I've lived in L.A. for 13 years, and I've, I had no idea the power of settling and especially settling somewhere this beautiful. And I'm extremely grateful because what this house does for me, I could never conjure in my mind. I couldn't do it for myself just in my feelings. No human relationship could do what this house does simply by being a structure in a place that I spend time in. It's so weird. And I'm not used to something material being this powerful because I'm not a terribly materialistic person. But boy, this material structure holds me in a way nothing else ever has. And it's healing me. Um, not that I'm sick, but I mean, it's balancing me. And I'm really, really grateful for that. Like I, I have gratitude for that several times a day. Love it. I am grateful for the human language and how versatile and infinite it is that literally all the songs that have been written in the world and songs have been written about the same topic, and there's still mm. like endless possibilities of how mm. to structure words, and like it's not even close. Wow! Like, you, you think we would have exhausted it by now? You know what I mean? Yeah. With how many people so in the true. world and how many songs have been written, you think like you would think with billions of people that on the planet that, you know, songs would be, you know, people would be like repeating each other now and yeah. or something like that. It just, just goes to show like how infinite language is. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for the like infinite vastness, uh, multitude of ways to structure words and that uh, it can still be so fresh and creative, you know? That's a really good one. It's kind of mind blowing. 
Yeah. I'm grateful for the guy who sold me this house. His name's Eric. He's an Argentinian guy who took this space and like almost doubled it in size and really poured his heart into this house. It's part of why it has such a good vibe. And his wife is from Chile, and they had two kids, like a teenage boy and a little girl who's seven. And when I made an offer on this house, I I assumed I would get it because it had been on the market for a little while. But right around the time that I made an offer, someone else made an offer. And she was very similar to me, like just, you know, sort of same age, single woman. and, And so I wrote Eric a letter and said, you know, I love your house and you've clearly poured your heart and soul into it and I imagine myself in it and I imagine, you know, my nieces and nephew and my sisters visiting me there when this is all over, meaning the pandemic. And I found out later that it was the letter that sealed the deal. And I've actually become friends with him because he and I have connected about all the details of the house and he's explained everything to me and, you know, introduced me to guys who can do work on it and I had him over here the other day because he was dropping off mail and he and his little girl were here and I showed her her what had been her bedroom which is now my office and her bedroom had been like bright pink with like stickers all over the walls <laughs> you know, it was like such a little girl's room and I've painted it blue and now it's full of books and a computer and a desk and I felt bad showing it to her because you know, it was like I erased her or her memories. But, you know, there was something she liked in the house and I had another version of it and I gave it to her, this little, like, mobile that a friend had given me. And and I wanted her to feel welcome here and feel like it was still her house and that I hadn't, like, erased her, you know? Yeah. I really... I'm really grateful for Eric and I'm grateful that he let me buy this place and and I'm grateful that his spirit is in this place because he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. That deck that you're sitting on right now, he dug out the hill at night after work. He would come home and with a shovel dig out the hill to create what is probably a 600 square foot deck. That's how, like, dedicated he was, yeah, to creating a beautiful space for his family. So, Eric. I am grateful for butternut squash. (laughs) And, you know, I just had to, like, trust my heart on this. So I was going to go a little, it's, like, not profound enough, you know. It's just not. Mm, not No, simple stuff is great. Orange, plump grounding, soft, kind of warm. Yeah, it is warm, especially when you cook it, add a little spice to it. Man. You know what I'm grateful? I'm also grateful that I can digest it. You've kind of known a little mm. bit of my uh, health stuff, and, you know, I've definitely had a lot of digestive issues. And for a while, like, I, it was just rubbing me the wrong way, and lately it's not. And I'm just like, man. I love it. I mean, I just love it. And it's, it's such an easy food to digest because it's soft. It, um, 
and I think in Chinese medicine, it's, it's good for the stomach, um, which is the earth element, which, mm-hmm. uh, jumping on top of all we're talking about, we're losing the earth element. We're literally, you know, in our modern culture, we're literally covering the earth mm-hmm. and entertaining ourselves with electric brain. You know, brain is the farthest, in the human body, the brain is the farthest thing from the earth. Uh, and they call it burning the stove with no water. And <laughs> that's kind of what we're doing. It's like we're so much wow. in that we're, we're burning the stove and, and literally at the same time diminishing our jing, which is our health and our vitality. Anyway, long, long way of, uh, long-winded way of saying I just love butternut squash and the orange color and uh, the way Erwan does it. Funny you should say that because I had that butternut squash for lunch today and I was thinking how good it was. Mm. I'm going to go with your simplicity here and say I also ate in the same lunch green beans cooked with garlic. And man, if there's nothing better in the whole world than like, I won't just say garlic, but just like Italian food in general, like food that has, (laughs) tons of garlic and oil and salt and like pasta in fact i've never never said no to a noodle like i just think noodles are the greatest thing that's ever happened i could live without bread and i'm even getting to a point where my sweet tooth has like burned itself out i mean minus like butternut squash and stuff but i could live without sugar but Mm. if you took away the noodles in the world I don't know what I do. Nothing better than a big fucking bowl of noodles. So, noodles. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. I'll piggyback on that in my own way, and I'm grateful for my Italian grandma. Mm, uh, yeah, you're Petrini. Petrini. <laughs> um. Yeah, and better known as Nana. But man, she was a powerhouse. First of all, she she cooked big time. I mean, it it was basically like uh, she would cook for like a like an elementary school basically because that's how big our uh, extended family was. Mm. <laughs> we had Christmas wow. parties with like it seemed like fifty people. I'm probably exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Probably. Maybe the high end was, you know, I, I don't know, twenties or something like that. But uh, being a little kid, it got up there, maybe in thirty or something. It was a lot of mm-hmm. people, and she just, she, you know, she, she was an assassin. She just knew how to make it happen, <laughs> and um, she was really good at it. She was the essence of holding our family together, our extended family. Um, mm-hmm. She had many children. I think, I think six. And even when she passed away, it's still going on where we do the uh, Christmas Eve. But the fact that she's gone and we're all still bringing our families to that gathering, mm. you know, is that mm. important. It was just – and just all, and having all the cousins and, you know, like, the, the, shit, the shit talking was there. That's probably where I got it. It was the Italian side. Mm. And um, just, just having so much fun, just being rough little, wild little Italian boys and, you know, having all the, you know, not a pinch you on your cheek, like really hard and then kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and just yeah so i'm grateful for my for my nana and um, just passing on that tradition of nurturing us with food and family i'm so so grateful that we're opening up from this pandemic oh my god it's been a year and three months and I feel like some flexibility back. I feel like an ease in the tension between people in the world. I feel possibility. And it's so delicious. If I were ever to think that expansion and contraction are just like Taoist concepts, it's like forget it. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, we're in expansion, both the springtime and what's happening coming out of this thing. And it, between Biden being elected, springtime, and the lockdown opening up, I've never experienced a more, like, delicious few months as I have in the last few months. There's just been something Mm. so soothing about it all to come back to life and to trust that, like, we got through it. Now, half a million Americans didn't, so I'm not pretending that didn't happen and for their loved ones that that wasn't a whole other ride. But the rest of us, we made it through a pandemic. And on the other side of this pandemic, at the beginning of it, it was like a zombie apocalypse fucking nightmare in our minds. Mm. And obviously for the frontline people who had to deal with it in the hospitals it was but for the rest of us who just had to sort of like keep calm and what's the poster like keep calm and carry on on. with a mask and (laughs) that six foot distance (laughs) from everyone else in the world we did it and now it's opening up again and we get to hug people and we get to just drop the fear and uh i'm extraordinarily grateful for that because i don't like living in fear i don't like carrying tension that i don't have to carry i really don't i'm too lazy but i've also worked way too hard like meditating and eating brown rice that i have a really calm core and i don't like something that comes along and just squeezes it for a year and a quarter you know um I mean, I dealt with it, and it was fine, but I'm glad to have that be done, and I will release the pandemic happily. 100%. So maybe this should be our last one. You want to stop there? No, I mean, you can finish us off. Want me to take it home? Yeah. I... I am grateful for people's gifts, people's service, people's service to others, people's generosity, people's altruism, people's empathy. Mm-hmm. And to take it home, you know, um, all the people that during this pandemic that just strapped on their 
their booties and their mask and, you know, went to work, the, uh, what do they call it, essential workers or whatnot, um, yeah. the nurses. You know, that just showed up and went and took care of people regardless mm. of what the heck everyone else was debating about. Is This is fake. This is real. This, this conspiracy, right. this and that. They're just like, right. whatever. <laughs> I'm going to go take care of this person that's dying right now or this person yeah. that's sick and this person that's scared. And, you know, just on a very human level, you know, it's like, people that are that did that you know grateful to me that i did some work of my work some of my coaching some of my online training teaching meditation during that time to help people relax you know to help people feel mm-hmm. the earth i'm grateful that there's with this kind of crazy culture that we started talking about the technological era and with all this craziness going on, there's still people that just want to just, that they, that's what they like to do, take care of other people. And that's rewarding to them. And it's rewarding to others. And just to think of all the blessings that I've had, just you letting me stay at your house. So just, just the generosity that there's still people out there that want to be generous without like saying, oh, and by the way, that's uh, $450 or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like, that people still have generosity and um, there's still this human reciprocation of giving and receiving. And um, I'm just grateful that life works in that way. And I'm grateful for receiving all the help, creativity, inspiration from so many people in so many different ways. <laughs> well, I've never heard them that loud before. Yeah, all right.